So today I want to speak about uh, the subject I called In His Abundant Provision of Grace, We Reign. Or maybe I should say we ought to reign. Okay, because uh, some of us, we are still on the journey. We're not yet reigning. But uh, this is what God tells us here in his word, and we are going to take time to hear it, study it, and understand it. So let me take you to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, the bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, or some translations say by his glory and goodness, by which we have been given to, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible reads here, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that so he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we can be together, that we can be able to hear your word, and we pray, Lord, that these words will not just be a question of hearing, but of understanding and of application of the same word. So Lord Jesus, we look up to you and we say, celebrate communion together at your house, on your table. We thank you, Lord, that we can be able to draw near to your throne of grace, that we can come to your table, and that you are going to give us what we require, more than what we just want, but what we need. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence, and may your spirit Make the word come alive to each and every one. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, as we have been listening to these powerful words, and uh, I know these are very complex words that we have been reading, and maybe we will just remind ourselves as we go on uh, again and again, these are powerful words that reveal to us the plans of God for our lives not just the plans of God for today only, but uh, for our lives on this earth and for our life in God forever. Uh, God is revealing these things to us because he has a desire that we have a clear picture, a clear understanding, and that we live in what we are able to hear and understand. Now, everything in our life starts with the grace of God. You know, uh, the Bible is very, very clear, and we have touched some of these things here, that God has given us grace for salvation. And you know, today I want to uh, maybe touch a few things. Uh, grace is so manifold, is so powerful, is so wide, that uh, we cannot touch all of the different aspects of grace in one session. But I just want to just, uh, you know, make it clear. God has given us what we call salvation grace. And that salvation grace is free of charge. It's for everybody. You know, we don't have to uh, pay for anything because someone has paid for that. That is Christ Jesus himself. So everything begins with the grace of God that brings us from death to life. 
that brings us out of darkness into his wonderful uh, body of Christ, into the light of God. And Jesus himself says, you know, that we have been in darkness, but now we are the light of the world. And that is grace. We could not have done that. We could not have accomplished that, achieved that in any way at all. But God himself is the one who provided life and light for each and every one of us. But salvation, and that is important for us to understand, salvation is just a starting point. It's not the purpose. It's not the end. It's not the destiny. Salvation is just the beginning so that we can be able to walk with him, so that we can be able to, to, to partake of all the other things that God has uh, given us access to. So salvation is a starting point. And, and that's why the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 1 that from his grace we have all received grace upon grace. Okay, it starts with salvation grace. It continues with justification grace. It, 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 it goes on to regeneration grace. It, 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 it continues with transformation grace. And I could mention so many other words here. Uh, and even if you don't remember them, don't worry. Uh, this is not... Uh, important right now, but what is important is that we understand that we are able to access the grace of God, grace upon grace. And remember, I've said this many times, when Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth. And the grace and the truth of God in Christ is inexhaustible. It will never come to an end. It will never, it never become less and less like all of the other things that we are having access to in this world, grace is continuing to flow in its fullness, in an abundance to each and every one of our lives. So God's plan is that we live in that grace. And not just in salvation grace, as much as this is important because that's the starting point, you know, it's just like being born. It's important to be born. But you cannot say, it's enough for me to be born. The rest is not important. You know, you can't, you can't just be born and then, then remain a, an infant forever. No, actually, as we are born, even in the kingdom of God, we have to depend on the grace, and not on the grace once, twice, or three times, but grace upon grace, in order to see the plan of God become reality for each and every one of us. Now, the Bible tells us here, you know, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And of Jesus our Lord. Multiplied. Okay, we, we ought to go beyond addition. Okay, I, I think in, in, in grade one, we are learning the basics, you know, one plus one is two. Okay, one plus two is three, and so on. You know, and, and then of course we come to multiplication. And multiplication is, is a, a concept that is, is, is taking us far, much, much further then addition can never take us. I mean, if you just add one and one and one and one and one, it will take you quite a bit of time to reach to something, you know, substantial. But if you do multiplication, it can go very fast. Okay? And, and God is saying that he wants us to see the grace of God multiplied in our lives. Why does he want to see that happening in our lives? Because there is need for us to have more of his grace for our own lives, for our personalities. But then not only does God want us to grow in grace ourselves for our own, you know, personal reasons, as much as this is important, God wants us to have sufficient grace so that we can be able to distribute grace to others as well. Okay? There's a great need in our world for grace. And God wants us to be able to fulfill that need. And that's why grace needs to be multiplied in each and every one of our lives. Okay, grace needs to be multiplied in your life 
So in other words, it's good to add maybe another thing and another thing, another dimension in your life. But eventually God wants you to come to a multiplication, you know, uh, uh, dia, uh, diagram, you know, or, or, or pro program where you can be not only be blessed with God's grace in your own life, but where you can be able to share with, uh, with others and let them be able to grow in grace as well. So God's grace is to be multiplied as we can see in the gifts that God has prepared for us, that God has given to us. Okay, so there's not just one or two things that God is doing in our lives, but, you know, as long as we give him chance, as long as we give him permission, grace will flow in a manifold stream, you know, in many different ways into our lives. And today we have the privilege to come to the table of the Lord. And whenever we come to the table of the Lord, you know, God provides for us. Okay? When we are in the valley of the shadow of death, as David said in Psalm 23, you know, then we may not see, we may not understand, we may not be able to, to really have a clue how to come out of this situation. But the Bible tells us that his staff and his rod comfort us and he will take us into a new dimension where we sit at the table of the Lord and where God provides in abundance. And, and I want you to hear that word abundance. You know, it's an amazing thing when we look into God's creation, how God has created abundance. You know, this is rainy season and you can see how everything is growing uh, in abundance. Okay, we can see how, you know, water is in the streets, in abundance. Okay, some of us are not so happy because it has been flooding our houses and our places, you know, but uh, there is abundance. And thank God, you know, uh, it's better to have a little more than too little, you know, because drought would not help any one of us, isn't it? So we thank God and, and let's hope our dams will become so full that we never talk about load shedding anymore. Okay, so there's abundance. You know, the other day I, I, I was uh, watching a, a documentary about, about the ocean life. Ocean life is something amazing, you know. In ocean life, there's such an abundance of all kinds of creatures, creatures most of us have never seen in our lives. Okay, and I said, what, what, what is this? They're creatures, you know, I mean, and I wonder how, how did God create all of these different creatures, okay? There's an absolute abundance, and that's true, you know. Poverty is man-made. Abundance is God-made. And we need to learn <clears throat> to live in the abundance of God, not in the man-made poverty that, uh, you know, uh, makes us suffer uh, because we can't get this or we can't get the other. Let's understand God wants us to live in abundance, in the abundance of grace. And you know, the abundance of God's grace should also translate to the abundance in our way of life. Okay, you know, we know uh, economies sometimes are difficult, but the economy of God is an economy of abundance. Exceeding abundance by that fact. So verse 3 tells us, his divine power has given us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which he, we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, exceedingly great and precious promises. You know, please, Write this down, okay? It's, it's on your bulletin, but sometimes it's good to write and remember. You know, there's an abundance of God's grace available for us. So God is the provider for all things. You know, and the Bible tells us that God provides all the requirements for life and godliness. Life and godliness, that includes even, you know, our physical life, our economy, you know, whatever uh, may, may be connected uh, in this way, God is the one who is a provider. After all, he is the one who has created all these things. Okay? 
There was a time when mankind was mainly dependent on agriculture. And uh, when we depend on agriculture, you know, we should never really be poor unless there's drought. And of course, drought is not something that we, that we uh, you know, would want to see. Now we have created economies, and the, some of the economies are unbalanced. And why are they unbalanced? I think it's very clear. It's because some people are greedy and they want to keep everything for themselves and then, you know, distribution is not, is not well done. But God is a God of perfect distribution, okay? God distributes his grace to everyone who opens up for him, okay? There is no pocket where God cannot reach. Like in our country, we have certain pockets where people are easily are having difficulties or suffer uh, hunger or, or, or other issues, you know, like floods uh, because of certain conditions in these particular areas. But as far as God is concerned, there's no pocket where he cannot reach. Amen? His grace is sufficient for every pocket, for every corner, for every place, for every human being. Okay? His grace is overflowing. So he provides the design the engineering details, and the vision for our lives. You know, we, we, as I said the other time, you know, we, we didn't make ourselves. It's God who made us. And God who designed us. Okay, whether you like your design of God for your life or not, that's secondary. But uh, you should learn to like it. You know, because if God had the idea to make you the way you are, then you should actually accept it and say, God, let me find out why I am the way I am. You know, there are a lot of people in our world today who have got difficulties to accept themselves the way they are, okay? They always want to be like somebody else. They always want to, uh, you know, transform themselves in one way or the other, but not into the image of God, but into the image of somebody. You know, that's why we have got stars and starlets. You know, that's why we are following uh, role models, you know, especially young people, they like to, uh, follow uh, the guys they like, okay? That's why, you know, when, when there's a certain trend amongst the youth, you know, like I said some time ago, you know, if somebody puts the cap on the side, everybody puts the cap on the side. Because we follow the examples, isn't it? Uh, but, but we should actually follow the example of Christ, okay? Because God has designed us for something great, for something beautiful, for something amazingly white, okay? And that's why the Bible says that, you know, he has given us everything for life and godliness. Everything. Okay, so, so don't think, oh, no, it's not fair because I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have... You know, first of all, you've got life, isn't it? This morning you were waking up and you could breathe. If you couldn't breathe, you wouldn't be here now. Am I right? You, 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 you were able to prepare yourself and came here and you were singing and, 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 and you're enjoying life, hopefully. Okay. There are many things that we just take for granted and yet there are gifts of God for each and every one of us. So God has designed us you know, and uh, there are many of the design, uh, you know, facets that we have not yet even discovered in our lives. There are some gifts that you harbor inside of your heart which you have not come to discover yet. Maybe you are poor because you are not able to access the riches that God has laid inside of your lives. Okay? Because the Bible tells us that, you know, the gifts that God has given to us will make a way for us. And because you have not discovered your gifts, there is no way for you. So, discover the gifts of God. And you can only discover uh, those gifts and talents and if you are distant to God, one who put them inside of your lives. Amen? If you are distant to God, how will you be able to discover what he has given to you? How will you be able to discover how this is supposed to be applied in your life and in our communities, in our society. So we hear, when we hear the call of God, 
we may have no idea what is involved in the journey that we begin with the Lord. Okay? When I came to know the Lord many, many years ago, okay, uh, everything looked so simple. I had no clue how many ups and downs would be involved in my life, how many things I had to learn, how many things were, uh, you know, uh, easy, and how many things would be challenging. But thank God, I just entrusted my life into the hands of the Lord. And here I am, okay? And I can say it has been a great journey, okay? Not always an easy journey, don't, don't mix the two things, but it has been a great journey, okay? Great things have a price, okay? Expensive things are expensive. Unless you want cheap stuff, then you can get it cheap, but it will probably not last very long. So God has actually put us on a journey. And this journey will take us to places that we have no clue beforehand. I mean, if you look at Abraham, for instance. Abraham heard the call of God. You know, he was in his native home uh, in what is today's Iraq, somewhere there. Okay. And then, you know, and, 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 and the people in his family, in his society, they were worshiping idols. And all of a sudden, he heard God speak to him. Now, idols don't speak. Okay, they're man-made. They can't speak. They have a mouth, but they can't speak. But God speaks. Okay? And so God spoke to Abraham, and eventually God invited Abraham to a journey. He says, come and follow me. And Abraham said, okay, there's no point for me to remain where I am because these idols are never going to talk anyway. Okay, let me take a journey with the God who speaks. And he followed. And of course, you can read the story of Abraham. In an amazing way, Abraham could be able to see things that he never dreamt about, that he never had a clue about, that he never knew Okay, because God was the designer of the life of Abraham who became the father of our faith. And, and, and God did things in the lives of Abraham, you know, that, are, that we are still talking about. The amazing thing, Abraham was not like us today who want to be seen and heard by crowds. Okay? Abraham was all by himself. And yet, the greatest crowds ever are still speaking about Abraham. Because through the generations, people who loved God, people who followed Christ, are still speaking about the father of their faith, Abraham. Isn't it? So let's understand, God has a journey for us. And beforehand, you will not know what is going to come your way. As we can see in the life of Abraham, there are times when, when things are challenging. Okay? At times when you have a lot on your side who is going to give you problems behind your back, okay? Or there are times when, you know, you choose to be giving preference to your young friend and you, you go on the mountains when you are already advanced in age. Abraham did that, okay? Because he knew God and he was emulating the nature of God, okay? And he saw God moving in his life in many powerful ways. Or if you come to the New Testament, you see Saul, a man who was uh, full of, uh, you know, himself and full of uh, uh, religious fervor, not good fervor to the Lord, but, uh, you know, he was a religious fanatic. And unfortunately, we have some of those even today. Okay, so Paul was a religious fanatic who would go over and care less about the human being and, uh, of course, he was there when even uh, Stephen was killed, was stoned to death as the first martyr of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was approving what was happening. He was locking up people because what he had in mind was he wanted to have the, the clean and pure religious kind of fervor for, for, for what he thought was right. The problem was what he thought was right was wrong. Okay, and that's very often what happens. You know, some people 
They say, I want to do the right thing, pure, pure, pure. Uh, but it was purely wrong. And that's what happened to, to Paul. And, you know, eventually Jesus came to meet with him and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul was shocked. He said, who am I, who am I persecuting? You know, because he was of the opinion that he was persecuting the people who were wrong. And meanwhile, he was persecuting Christ the son of the living God. And when he came to realize, I mean, he was like finished, okay? His eyes were closed. He was blind. He was falling on the ground. His life had come to an end. And God could have ended the story with him right then and there. But that was not the design of God for his life. Actually, God's design for Saul was that he would become Paul, that he would become the preacher of righteousness, that he would be able to pin much of the scriptures in the New Testament. You know, now he didn't have an idea what God had in mind with his life. And you know, as long as we have no idea, we are poised to go wrong. We are poised to do things that are not in the, in the ways of God. But when finally he found the answer for his life, that means when Jesus came stepping into his life, then so, Paul became a blessing to countless people in his time when he was alive, when he was walking uh, in his uh, physical body on, on, on this planet Earth. But he is still a blessing long after he has been taken to be with the Lord. He is still a blessing to us today. Amen? Because... He was starting a journey with the Lord. And, you know, all of us, we, we must be seriously considering that we are not just saying, yes, I, I want to have Jesus as the Lord of my life. No, you must be on a journey on a daily basis. Okay? You must walk with the Lord. You must discover more and more of the dimensions that God has planned for your life. You must be able to see the grace of God be multiplied in your life. Grace upon grace should be able to manifest in each and every one of our lives so that you can live a life of godliness today and tomorrow and until finally God calls you to be with him, but that you can be able to leave a legacy for others to follow, okay? So that you can leave an example that is shining as the light in this world Address, yes, truly, it's, it's worth it to follow Christ, our Savior, and our Lord. So God enables us to live a life pleasing to him. And when we live a life that is pleasing to him, then we are always welcome in his presence. You know, as long as we are living a life of sin, we can't come into his presence. But when we live a life that is pleasing to him, then we can be able to enjoy his presence while we are here on earth. And, of course, without limitations, when finally our human physical bodies are being removed from us and being transformed into a, a spiritual body, then we are welcome in the very house of God. Amen? So, we need to get deeper into the knowledge of Christ who called us out of darkness so that we live in the light. Okay? You know, just going to belong to a, to a club somewhere, even if it's a church, that is not enough. We need to belong to Christ and walk with him, be on a journey with him, be in the family of God with him. That's what really counts. Now let me read again verse 4, 2 Peter 1 verse 4. The Bible says that he called us by glory and goodness by which have been given to us exceedingly, exceedingly, I say this again, exceedingly great and precious promises. Hey, this is good. Exceedingly and uh, precious promises. If your name is precious, okay, then it's just a common name that you get used to. But precious is precious, isn't it? 
Precious is precious. And there are precious promises that are given to, to all of us. And, and not forgetting exceedingly, exceedingly great and precious promises. Wow. You know, when have you seen last time such a great and exceedingly uh, precious promise in your life? Materializing. You know, most of us, we like to have a poverty mentality. Ah, no, I don't have this, I don't have that, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, hey, change your mentality. Learn to see the promises of God. And make sure that the promises of God are not just remaining promises, but that they become reality in your life. That they materialize in your life. Amen. Ah, this is great. And God has given to us those powerful promises. You know, God is not just a God who dangles some carrots in front of you and then before you can get them, he eats himself. You know, I, I remember as young boys, you know, we had dogs in our, in our farm. And so, you know, you dangle some, some little sausages in front of them and they're jumping and they're jumping and you make them jump and jump. And uh, before you, you know, you let the, the thing go, actually you eat it yourself. And, you know, the dog is fooled. You understand? But God is not fooling us. God is those, in fact, the very reason why he has given us promises is because he wants to fulfill those promises. And, of course, some promises are not for today and tomorrow. They are for, for next week, for one month from now. But there are some promises for today. Amen. And so we should be able to see these promises materialize, become reality in our lives. So you must learn to claim them and say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I stop this poverty mentality. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live in, in, in the abundance of God's grace. Amen? Because that's what God has made available to us. So Jesus promised his continued presence and leadership to all of us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. And if, if this is something that you believe, why would you ever mourn if you know that Jesus is right next to you? Where two or three are gathered in my name, he says, I will be in your midst. If, if this is what you believe, you know, then why should you be mourning? Why should you be sad? Why should you, you know, contemplate that your life is not worth the living? <clears throat> why should you ever contemplate that you should throw away your life? I mean, if, if Christ is on your side, what more can you ever ask? And we need to, we need to you know, see the reality of the promise of God. He made it very clear, and he is not a liar. You know, we human beings, we are good in lying, but God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And if he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, then this is the truth. Amen? If you don't experience that, it's because you have run away from him. Because you're not giving yourself into his hands of leadership, of guidance. And then, of course, you have to, but because God doesn't want to be. So many people today are so far removed from the presence of God, not because God doesn't want to be present, but because they don't want to be too close to the light. Because they like the darkness more than the light. Scripture tells us that, you know. Jesus came to his own, as uh, John chapter 1 tells us. But his own didn't want him. They rejected him. And we know eventually they even got rid of him. They nailed him to the cross. Okay. They were doing their best to find some henchmen. You know, they wanted the Romans to do the dirty job because they didn't want to do the dirty job. But they, they made, made, it, made sure that Jesus would be nailed to the cross. But even when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he never went absent. Amen? He may have gone in the grave, but the grave had no power to keep him. The grace could not do anything about him. So it had to... Grave, the grave, the death, death had to let Jesus go. And he came back. 
And Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And Jesus came to start life with people who had been persecuting him, who had been nailing him to the cross, people who shouted, crucify him, crucify him. But Jesus forgave them and started all over with them to build his church. That's powerful. But then don't forget, Jesus promised us his Holy Spirit. 24 hours every day, seven days a week, 365, a year, 365 days in a year. And how many years God has given us? Only he knows. So he said, I'll not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. But I send my spirit to be with you forever. Do you know what the word forever means? Forever, that means there's no break in transmission. Okay? There's no load shedding. There's no, uh, there's no break in transmission. There's no uh, Wi-Fi down. Okay? There's always good connection. Forever. Hey, this is wonderful. And this is the reality that we need to learn to live in. This is the reality of God's grace. Okay, this world. No, no, something that is only for the, the, the wise and the rich and the, and the important in this world. No, no, it's for everyone. Amen? You are not neglected. You are not left behind. You are not uh, forgotten. You know, many of us, sometimes we think we are forgotten. No, we are not forgotten. You know, if you are forgotten because you are living in a pocket of the country where maybe certain services are not reaching, I have good news for you. God has not forgotten you. God will come through to you and for you with his wonderful grace. And his Holy Spirit is with us wherever we are. Thank God. So he promised us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person. You understand? So if you don't know what to do next, talk to him. Okay? Discuss. Say, Lord, let me, let me understand the guidance of your spirit. That's our privilege. Because we're not alone. And God is not somebody who is an idol who can't, you know, who, who has got ears made, you know, like in a carving, but can't hear. No, God, God hears. God sees. God speaks. And we are privileged to serve him. Praise the Lord. We are privileged to serve him. But then it doesn't end there. Not only has Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit to be with us forever, you know, the, the Bible is so full of the gifts of God's grace that were given to us or given, that are given to us through the Spirit of God, in the Spirit of God. And, and, and this is what we should remember, okay? There are exceedingly great and precious promises that God has given to us, okay? And he promises the gifts of the Spirit for our growth and for the growth of others that we can affect through our life. And that's what we should always look for, you know? We are not people who are selfish, you know? The problem with our world is that uh, the, 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 the world is run by people who are exceedingly selfish. Okay? They say everything for me, myself, and I. And that's why the world has got so much lack, so much problem, uh, you know, in, in so many places. But God is liberally giving to everyone. Everyone who just opens his or her heart is able to receive from the hand of God Almighty. Isn't that powerful? And so God has given us the gifts of his spirit. Okay, please read the gifts of his spirit and the fruits of the spirit. You can find it in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, you know, uh, 14. Uh, in, 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 the, in the book of uh, Galatians, you read about the fruits of the spirit. All of these are God's gifts and promises to us. Amen? So don't have a poverty mentality because there is abundance. 
in God's house. There's abundance in God's promises and what God wants to do in each and every one of us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, each, of, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. Do you know that grace comes in various forms? Okay? Each one of us has got uh, various different ways and means to receive the gifts of God. And we can be able to transmit that to others. And that's what we are encouraged to do so, you know. We are administering God's grace in its various forms. And we serve others with these gifts. That's exactly what Jesus has done. Jesus did come into this world not to serve himself, but to become the servant of all. And that's why he's the greatest of all, because he became the servant of all. Praise God. <clears throat> so if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Do you know that your mouth is a gift of God? And do you know that when you speak, you should not speak to hurt others or stop others, but you should speak grace. Okay? You should be able to bring encouragement. You should be able to bring a smile on somebody's face. You should be able to, to encourage people to say, wow, life is good. Life is worthy. Hey, let me go and experience it myself. That's what we are called to do. And that's why uh, Peter is saying, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. Okay? You're not, you're not going to see your own words building you know, uh, the world into a better place if it's just your own words without, in the absence of God. But if God is in the words that you speak, if God's grace is dwelling in the words that you speak, then everything will be a different story. Amen? So if God has given you grace to speak, <clears throat> speak. Don't be silent. Okay? <clears throat> and I know a lot of people say, but I can't speak. Do you know that I said this myself? I said this when I was young. You know, I heard the call of God and, and God told me that he wanted me to go into ministry. And I said, but God, I can't, I can't preach. Okay? Give me something else to do, not preaching. Okay? And I thought when I become a missionary, maybe then I don't need to, to preach. Maybe I can do this thing and the other thing. And I still like to do these other things as well, you know. But then God says, I've given you a mouth to speak. And I've given you my words to speak. Praise God. And now I enjoy preaching, okay. Can you see, you, I'm not giving many other people a chance to speak. <laughs> You who are young, you still have a lot of time to speak. Me, I'm getting older, you know, so very soon my time is up. So I need to do, use the time that I have to speak. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, I'm not stopping you. You can speak. All of us who have been given the ability to speak, please speak. And the Bible says, if anyone has been given the ability to serve, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised. Okay, serving is, is an amazing concept that many people do not understand. Do you know that in the United States of America, more money is being made in the service industry than in the manufacturing industry? Okay? I think it's something that we need to think about. Okay, service is needed. People need help. People need to be served. Okay, if you go in the restaurant, okay, you don't want to just to cook your own food. Then you can stay at home. So somebody needs to serve you cooking the food. And then 
you are not even allowed to go in the kitchen. Somebody will bring it from the kitchen and serve you at the table, isn't it? Serving is important. <clears throat> and, you know, I think we need to, you know, transform our society, even our, our economy, to create more service industry, okay, where we serve people. And service has a great value. Okay, so serve with the grace of God and the power of God. God has given ability to each and every one of us to serve. Like I said in the, in the morning or earlier on, you know, you, you woke up this morning and you could breathe by God's grace. You could dress yourself. You could uh, have your breakfast if you had it. <clears throat> I hope you had it. <laughs> and, and, and you could, you know, Start your journey and you came here and here we are together, you know, and you, you, you are able to, to listen. And I pray that, you know, uh, whatever you're hearing today will not just end there, you know. Like, like James says, let us not be only hearers of the word, but doers of the words. Okay, let's put, let's put into practice what we are hearing from the Lord. And, you know, taking the step a little further, or one, one step further, all of us have the ability to serve, okay? I don't see anybody handicapped. Okay, I see a baby behind there. That one has time to grow, okay? But everybody else has got two, two legs, two hands, you know, arms, a head, a brain. All of us, we can do things, okay? Without exception, all of us, we can, we can serve. So how do you serve today? Okay, find one person that you can be of service to. The day is still, is still young, you know. We are only still in the, in, well, we are still in the morning. Okay, so before you walk home today, serve somebody. Say something good. Give a word of encouragement. Do something that shows that grace is really in your life in abundance. And you know what? If there is abundance, then it's overflowing, isn't it? This glass is almost abundant. Very, very little more and it would be overflowing. Okay? And, you know, when God talks about abundance, that means it's actually not just ending, you know, shortly uh, underneath the top but it's actually overflowing. Thank God. Abundance. <laughs> so God has given us the ability to speak and to serve because he has equipped us with grace. He has equipped us with his word of life. He has given us so much. And even if you have never heard any word of God before, except today, then already what you have heard, you can, you can actually transmit. Okay? You can tell others about it. And of course, all of us, we have heard so much more than, than uh, today. In fact, sometimes we're hearing sounds that are not meant to be there. Thank you. Thank you for shutting that sound down. <laughs> so now, Back to 2 Peter 1 verse 4, the Bible says that he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. Last week we talked about the divine nature, okay? That we need to share the nature of Christ. And, and, and here we see it now how we can be partakers of the divine natures. And you know, in the divine nature, there is no poverty. There is no lack. There's nothing short of anything, of anything that is good is found in Christ, is found in the Lord. Okay? So we, we are so blessed Okay, let me, let me take you back to the scripture I read. Second Corinthians, beginning, some of you were not there at that time. Please be early, otherwise you miss something. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9. 
2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Do you? Hello? You know, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, Do you? <clears throat> For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. Do you know that Jesus is rich? Do you know that he is the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, he is the creator of all things? You know, he is extremely rich. You can't, you can't even comprehend the riches of God. And the Bible says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, so he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Okay, so he, he stripped everything off himself, all the divine you know, riches he left behind with his father and he came into this world as an ordinary baby born in a manger. And they, can't, they, they, they couldn't even find a, a, a place where he could be born in a, in, a, in a comfortable place. But he came into this world, he was willing to become poor for our sake. And that's what the scripture says. For our sakes he became poor so that, okay, Jesus died. Jesus had nothing. Jesus was stripped of even his clothes. They gambled over his best clothing piece. But then, you know, something powerful we must see here. Even so, Jesus became poor. He never remained poor. He's still, he's still rich. Okay? Nobody can stop. The, the, the abundant grace of God to be available to the one who created all things. And so the Bible says he became poor so that you, so that I, so that we would be able to attain the riches of God. Okay? That's what the Bible says. For your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Praise the Lord. You know, and riches, don't just think about riches only in, in, in terms of kwacha or, or dollars or pounds or euros or gold or silver. You know, some people want to get rich uh, because now... Uh, gold was found in Zambia and the people are digging all over. You know, there's a, a gold digger uh, mentality in our nation now. Everybody is rushing, you know, sakulite, gold, or whatever else, you know. I mean, Zambia is an extremely rich country. Okay? And people are found, finally discovered there must be some riches that we just need to find in the ground. They're there. Okay? In fact, we are more rich than many other nations who look to be rich to us. They don't have those minerals we have. So, okay. It's good to find the riches. But uh, before you take a shovel and dig for gold or for sagulite, you know, make sure that you understand the riches of God. Make sure that you're not missing out on what God has provided for us. And God the Father provided for us his only dear son. Yes, he became poor. But for the very purpose to enrich us with his grace. Enrich us with his gifts and abilities and talents. And all the other wonderful things that he has promised. His exceedingly great and precious promises. They're all given to us to transform our lives in a very powerful way. So now... God has called us into a life and, and, and you know, our subject today is in his abundant provision. We have talked about the abundant provision already. You know, God has given us an abundant provision of grace so that we are able to reign in life. Amen? So you must not be somebody who is boxed in, pushed in a corner, but you are called to reign in life through the very power of God. Romans 5.17 says this very clearly. For if by the trespasses of one man death reigns through the one man, that was Adam, 
How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace? Hello? Are you a recipient of God's abundant, God's provision of grace? You know, that's what we need to see. That's, what we need. that's, that's the whole purpose of me talking today. So that we see the greatness of the abundance of the provision of God's grace. Hallelujah. This is powerful. This is amazing. Let's not miss out on that. Okay? And then, how much more, okay, will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Are you reigning in your life? Are you ruling? Are you in charge? Okay? Or is any wind that comes your way knocking you off? Now, what should we reign in? First of all, I believe it's important that we reign over our, our old nature of sin. Okay? Our old habits that we have all been born with sometimes try to lure us into trouble. And I think we have all experienced that. There's nobody who is exempt from that. That's a reality. So we need to learn to reign in life over our old nature, okay? And because of God's provision of abundance, the abundance of grace, we can be able to get a hold of the old nature and subdue it and subject it because grace is greater than our old nature. Number two. We reign over all the assaults of Satan and his uh, henchmen, okay? Whether they are coming from the angel world or from the human world, it doesn't matter, you know? God has given us the abundant provision to reign over all the assaults of the enemy. You know, Jesus was tempted. The Bible says tempted in everything like we are, but he never sinned. The problem is, when we are tempted, we sometimes give in, okay? And we must learn to reign in life and not to give in, not to become weak when temptation comes our way. So Satan should never be blamed. You know, you have heard people uh, appearing in court and when they are asked, why did you do this? They said, no, no, the devil made me do that. No, the devil tempted you, but you did it. You understand? The devil tempts everybody. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it. So we must lear learn to reign in life and not to give in to the devil's uh, uh, luring or demands because he is greater than all of these uh, temptations. But we also must learn to reign for the sake of our families, okay, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our of our influence in this world. We must reign and, and really bring a good influence into the world around us. Okay? If, if you are not reigning, you know, somebody will reign over you. Somebody will push you in the direction they would want you to, to, to go. But you should be able to establish yourself. You know, we need to be people with backbone. Okay? You must be able to say no. When somebody is telling you certain suggestions which are not right, you, you tell them, no, I'm not interested. Stand upon the very word of God. And we need to reign even in the family of God. You know, the Bible tells us that those who stand in the house of God, they will be pillars in God's house. And you know, we need to be, to be People who are able to reign so that we can be pillars in the house of God. We need more of the pillars. Amen? You see, the, the pillars, if you look at these old ancient uh, buildings, you see that so many pillars are carrying this heavy, heavy roof on top. And if the pillars are destroyed, the roof will, will crush down. So we need to be pillars in the house of God. 
And God has given us the ability to reign. I could carry on, but unfortunately my time has, has come to an end. But I could carry on by utilizing the promises that God has given to us. The abundance of his grace that is with us each and every day. So the grace of salvation, the grace of justification, the grace of regeneration, the grace of transformation leads us eventually to a life of dominion. And God gives us grace, the grace of dominion, okay? That means that we are in leadership, in rulership, that we are able to call the shots rather than be shot, okay? The Bible says we are the temple of the living God. And God is building us up into a living temple. Not in a, in a temple of bricks and stones, but in a temple that is his very uh, place where he moves and has his being. Okay? Uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God? It's very important for us to know. He laid the foundation stone and Christ is the foundation and no other foundation can ever be laid except the one which is already laid and that is Christ. Okay? He will also set a capstone into place to finish the temple. You know, there are some scriptures on your bulletin. Please read them. I don't have time to touch them anymore. But the Bible talks about uh, the capstone. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4 verse uh, 7, what are you, almighty mountain, before Zerubbabel, and you will become level ground? Then he will bring out the capstones to shout of God's blessed, blessed. Okay? Then the word of the Lord will, uh, came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands will also complete it. Then you will know then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small beginnings? Who despises the day of small beginnings? I want you to understand that as I close. You know, even if you are just beginning uh, with very small baby steps, don't despise those small beginnings. We have all started like that. All of us. But let God make you rise from grace to grace. Level upon level, precept upon precept. You know, we are learning bit by bit. And don't, don't look down upon these things. Okay? They are very important. Sarah Babel was a descendant of David who was taken to Babylonian, uh, uh, or was actually born in Babylon uh, because his, his parents were taken in captivity. But then he came back and he began to build the temple. That was a, a literal temple. But the scripture that is here actually talks about the latter house that is greater than the former house. And the latter house is being built by Christ alone. He is the foundation and he is the capstone, finishing all the temple of the living God. This finishing does not come with technology and modern inventions. You know, uh, we have seen uh, over the years, you know, we have had revolutions, you know, we call them the industrial revolution, if this and the other, and now we are in the, in the internet revolution, you know, or whatever you call it. But the word of God says it will not happen in those ways. God said to Zechariah the prophet, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, is the work of God being done and finished. It's the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ being built, but it is done by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. And as the spirit of God is on our side, as the spirit of God gives us you know, the gifts and the abilities and the empowerments that he alone is giving, we must understand that this is grace. Grace upon grace. Multiplied into our lives. And remember, God wants us to experience the abundant provision of grace so that we will reign with Christ 
in our lives. Amen? Amen. Just say, I will. Are you going to reign? Yes. Say, I will. Because of the abundance of God's grace. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we have come to your table to receive from the abundance of your grace. Before we even knew it, Lord, you provided salvation for us. You provided justification for us. You provided transformation for us. Lord, all of these things have come free of charge. And Lord Jesus, now you are taking us deeper and deeper on the journey in order to make us partake of your divine glory so that we can reign with Christ. Lord Jesus, you have called us. You have given us a purpose. And our purpose is that we should be having dominion. Like you have told Adam to have dominion over the creation that you made and gave him. Unfortunately, he lost it. But Lord, you want us to be reestablished in grace so that we can live in dominion, so that we can rule in life through the grace and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us this great, precious, exceeding, beautiful promises. And Lord, let these promises become reality in each and every one of our lives. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen.